but I pushed the button. Five, four, three. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, so close. So close. So close. Oh, yeah. Good evening. Good evening. We have got a good one for you tonight. Hello. Thank you for clicking us on. My name is Jay Ryan. You have dialed up the Cars and Comedy Show here in the Late Night Playset. That's right. <laughs> Look at it, me. Look at it with you. Uh, seriously, though, the, the, the reason you're all dining, uh, dining it's going to be one hell of a night, folks. We have already blown it out. The reason you're tuning in is because of her, her smile, her laughter. Hello, Nicole. We have got a great, great, great show for you tonight because... We have a real show for you tonight. We have a real guest. <laughs> we have a real guest. We don't always, but we do tonight. Uh, gosh, I say NHL legend uh, because I know nothing about the NHL, and I know who this man is. <laughs> so to me, he's a very, very big deal. Uh, when I first moved to L.A., he played here uh, for the Kings. And um, right around the time I met you, he went to New York and played for the Rangers. And uh, I think other teams as well. I'm sure we'll get to some of that stuff. But Sean Avery is here tonight. Uh, Sean Avery is here. We are very excited about that. In addition to being uh, uh, an NHL uh, hockey and many, many other uh, reasons legend, he also worked with Nicole for years and years and years and years and years. So I'm hoping that we get some good stories tonight out of both of them. That's my goal. I'm going to try to shut the fuck up. Excuse me. Excuse my language right here at the top of the show, but that's what that's what my goal is going to be tonight. You all will have to keep me in check, and please do so in the comments, which, by the way, I didn't mention earlier. Please like and subscribe. Hit the bell. I don't know what it means, but our guest tonight's friends with Casey Neistat, and he's really good at YouTube, so let's not embarrass ourselves, okay? <laughs> uh, with that, the Instagram audience is here up. Uh, let's see. Hello, hello. Uh, Damon McCarthy's here. PCH Driver joined Shazam Mike. Speaking of Shazam, Mike, all the way up in Canada, wearing his jersey. He did a costume change right before the show. He's already cheering. Hello, buddy. How you doing? Can we hear uh, I am oh, delighted because my worlds are colliding right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really glad you're here tonight because other than Nicole's uh, ability to reminisce with this person, I don't know what to talk about sports-wise because I'm not that guy. But luckily, you are. I know a thing or two about the L.A. Kings, my friend, and have since I was four years old. You have the L.A. Kings tattooed on your back. Is that correct? <laughs> and I'm not trying to make fun of you here, but isn't that right? I have uh, a multitude of things tattooed on my back in a collage. There's 21 <laughs> things that I love, including uh, a crown, an L.A. Kings crown, and a uh, David Letterman <laughs> microphone, among other things. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, without further ado, then, let's get Will over here to start the damn thing up. Will. Oh, gosh. There's nobody over there. <laughs> Will, where'd you go? <laughs> Come back. Take it away, Will. Uh, by the way, we'll be back in two and two. Great time to take a pee, take a drink, do whatever you had to do. Back in two and two. How many? Kevin, you gonna buy a Deaver? <laughs> I 
Yeah, you are. I mean, I've never seen. I've never seen. Are you an engineer and like your real job? No? You should. Morning! Morning. How's it going? You too! You, you can make a fortune just setting up people's podcast studios. I mean. Uh, yeah. Look at this. How did you do that? You cut that into the desk? Copied it? You're serious. No. How did you? How did? How did you? Okay, I get it now. Now I get it. <laughs> and with that, we are back. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back, everybody. It is Thursday, October twenty. 7th, uh, 2022, looks like a one, my handwriting sucks. Our guest is Sean Avery, we're going to get to him in just one second, but in the meantime, I wanted to say hello to you, check in with you, say hello to you. My name's Jay Ryan, that's Nicole Ryan. Uh, uh, how you doing? You crawled out here much better than you did on Tuesday, and I know that sounds weird to, our, to the folks at, sounds weird to him probably, our folks at home know about your situation here. I, I I I like it. You do? I like the uh, I like the endearing, you know, like let's not live in in don't hide it. Turmoil. You know? Anyways, sorry. No, I interrupted. <laughs> I interrupted. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> this whole thing is nuts. Uh we only have let's just skip everything. Mike, how you doing up in Canada? Mike's a big uh, hockey fan and Kings fan really specifically, so I guess we'll probably talk to him a little bit tonight. How Mike, did you Mike meet Sean? Hey Harry. everybody. Hey Mike. How did they Sean, find you? Sean, it's a pleasure to meet you, man. It's a pleasure to meet you. It's always <laughs> nice to uh meet a former king. And uh, I didn't know it was happening until about 10 minutes ago. So, uh, you know, my day got considerably better today. Uh, where are you in Canada? Kelowna, BC. Nice. Nice. Yes. I played a... Uh, I, I, I played enough to say I was born here. I played a... Um, I guess it was a... Yeah, what was it? We were Bauerkrauts. It was a major peewee tournament in Kelowna. <laughs> And we stayed with billets in in Kelowna, and I remember they had a, a rink that was like a a, a dome. Yes, is that still right. there? Uh, yeah, it is. It's uh, it's called Prospera Place now. When you played there, it probably would have been called Skyreach. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, long time ago. We're talking uh, 1992. Oh, so. Yeah. Gee whiz. Yeah. yeah, long time ago. I think of you as being younger than that. I mean, that's kind of amazing that you were playing professionally then. Oh, no, no, no. We were 12. Oh, gee whiz. All right. Phew. <laughs> All right. <laughs> pull. I'm it's back. okay. I'm back. I heard you talk. I had a... Did I you guys heard... hear the pop? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, so, can I ask him another question? Please, yeah. You're uh, here. You're Whatever you want to do. You run the show. Mike, what do, you, uh, what do you do in Kelowna? And how did you become an L.A. King fan in Kelowna? Okay, so uh, there's a big story behind that. So I'm a financial advisor, and if you were to walk into my office, um, there's three signed jerseys on the wall. There's a Gretzky sign, there's a Dowdy sign, but the one on the left is a Marcel Dion jersey. I became a, an L.A. Kings fan the night of the Miracle on Manchester. I was sitting on my dad's lap, 
And he's sitting there just laughing and laughing and laughing because the Oilers were supposed to steamroll everybody that year. And in the third period, we're down five, nothing. And we're coming back against this juggernaut of an Oiler team. We end up winning the game six, five in overtime, a uh, very famous hockey game, Jay and Nicole for, for, if you, if you don't know, but the miracle in Manchester was in the great Western form. And my dad looked at Marcel Dion and he said, you see that guy there, Mike? And I said, yeah, I'm like, five years old and he goes um that's marcel dion he's the greatest canadian hockey player ever to never win a stanley cup but he has taken hockey and done amazing things for it in the u.s and i'm a five-year-old kid and so immediately i'm like oh i like that guy a couple years later we drafted robitaille and i've I've just been a kings fan ever since uh daryl evans scored scored in that game right Yes, sir. I interviewed Daryl Evans, and he's still with the team. Uh, hell of a guy, just a gentleman of a of a guy, and a f- fantastic radio broadcaster now as well. Yeah, he wears. Uh, I've never seen him in anything outside of a, a suit with suspenders. <laughs> and not just a suit; it's almost like a suit the Joker would wear. Yeah, like it's like loud and proud. Oh. Well, I think he bought them all in like uh, in the late '80s when he was still making that NHL money, and he's just kept wearing them ever since. <laughs> By the way, I just want to uh, show everyone. So I am a Republican, okay? Uh huh. But so <laughs> I'm wearing a Rick Caruso sweater because Rick's Rick Caruso is a, uh, a Republican running under the guise of a Democrat, and the election's about to to happen for it's mayor. It's true. So you guys don't have problems in Toluca Lake. It's quiet over here. <laughs> yeah. I think, isn't Fritz Coleman is our honorary mayor, I think? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, it's very quiet over here. I mean, there's like a fire at Universal every 10 years. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, so, Mike, um, <laughs> Kelowna and Canada and uh, yeah. Justin Trudeau, I've been watching the Emergencies Act hearings. That's very interesting what's going on there right now. Um Crazy, crazy. Justin Trudeau is the uh, uh, the the look pretty prime minister. People like looking at him, but they don't like listening to him very much yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, do you have any questions for me? Are you kidding? I've got a list of questions. Uh, How much for time you. does Mike have? <laughs> it's whatever you want, man. We've got a blue card full of stuff. I'll just tell everybody else. We did buy the mini when we were out on Tuesday. We said we're going to go mini shopping on Wednesday. We went to look at this. 2006 supercharged mini like the last of the first gen i just drove by the dealership yeah on the way here uh, yeah you did it's close <laughs> yes it is so when you go for oil changes you're all set i made an appointment for two o'clock tomorrow right after <laughs> we get back from our drive <laughs> this is the most organized place i've ever been in my life i'll just tell everybody that you, you might not be able to see it but uh congrats Congratulations. Thanks. We needed something a little more comfortable for her to just zip around yeah. town in. You know, yeah. we had the yellow car for out in the mountains and whatever, but like just to go to a doctor's appointment in the yellow car, it's a fucking race car. Yeah. So it's kind of like a little too much. It's great. So it's really good for her. But we went, we went and, 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 uh, and then there was a couple things. And then I said, I offered a price that was like a thousand dollars less. And he said, no, I'm pretty firm on the price. So I said, okay, well, I just, you know, with the things, I can't get there. And he was like, oh, okay, all right. He's about to drive away, right? But we did all of this at Westside Car Collector Storage at Matt Ferris' place, the smoking tires place. So we're under the, the – all of this is happening under the shadow of a $100 million car collection four stories high, right? And all of the guys from Westside Collector Car Storage are out there at the same – moment looking at the car with us because we're all out there kicking the tires because they all want me to buy it too you know it's kind of a cool car 
the moment I say no and the guy gets back in the car to leave, the guys are around the back and they're kind of talking about it, whatever. And they said a, uh, um, what's the good luck charm? The bug. The ladybug. A ladybug landed on the on the back window. And we're all like, okay, guys, like just let the guy go. Let, you know, let it happen. And uh, sure enough, we turned around and there was a ladybug right on the back. So we took that as a good sign. And uh, then this uh, guy pulled in and blocked him, so he, he couldn't pull out. And then all of the West Side Car Collector storage guys all started giving the seller shit, going, come on, there's no better, there's never... no better owner for this car. You have to sell it to them. Have to sell. And basically, the guy who was firm on his price and didn't take my offer, the, guy, the, 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 the collective peer pressure got him to split it right down the middle, which I, I would have offered, but the guy was like, I'm firm, and I didn't want to be rude. And right. Counter again. He's like, firm is firm. So did you buy it right there on the we spot? We did. We bought it right there on the spot. And drove it home? Drove it home. Wow. Well, we drove the guy home. Really? Yeah. We, we did the paperwork at Westside Car Collector Storage, and then we drove the guy to his house in Manhattan Beach, and then we drove it you home. You drove him to Manhattan Beach? Well, we were, it was, we were in Playa Vista. Oh, you were in Playa Vista. Yeah. Okay, okay. That would be that, above and beyond. Wow. <laughs> It'd be 250 bucks in gas. <laughs> Easily. Even uh, in a mini. Wow. Well, uh, congratulations. Mazel. Thanks. Mazel tov. Fun stuff. But one little mini problem with the <laughs> mini, and we knew it when when we bought it. That was that was part of the the dickering. Bring your wife in, we'll dicker. <laughs> Come to Harrison Ford where we treat you right. <laughs> Sorry, old Letterman jokes. <laughs> the seat. I'm a tall guy, you know, six yeah. two. The seat is stuck, broken, whatever, <laughs> manipulated. Won't change from the highest uh, up <laughs> position in the driver's seat. So are your are your thighs touching the, well, the steering wheel? That's not really the issue. It's more like my head. I have to, yeah, I have to do this to 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 drive it because I'm up against the ceiling and the sunroof. <laughs> Meanwhile, I go sit in the passenger seat, which is lowered all the way, and every other mini I've ever sat in, and there's tons of headroom. So it's just the seat mechanism is broke. So hence the two o'clock appointment at mini tomorrow. And that's what you're gonna do. Yeah, have it fixed. Yeah. Okay. It's a known problem. I, guess I, I was uh, I was thinking about getting a Countryman. Countryman. Mm. Mm-hmm. When I first when we first got out to L.A., but. Um, I don't know. Then, then when it got happened. to that point, I'm already out of mini. I liked that first generation mini when they were really committed to the old original tiny mini. Right. This first gen, the one that we got, is very closely tied to that compared to the modern ones, and that's kind of what we like. It's why we went like looking for months for this old one. Wow. We're trying to find a good one, you know. Wow. This was one one owner all original car. How so many, it's totally honest. How many miles? Hundred thousand. Wow. That's not that much for a mini. No, it's not. I mean, they go. I think, I think you're supposed to do the timing chain at like 180 or something like that. So I think we're good. Um, I know too much, right? So anyway, so we so we bought the mini. That's the good news. You're very excited. Yeah, that's safe to say. Very. What, what color? Green. British green. racing green oh, on the oh, mini so with the very white stripes. English. Oh yeah. Wow. I'm gonna put the little GB sticker on the nice. back and everything. <laughs> Register it in Vermont. I'll do the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do the do the mini drivers have a thing like the Jeep drivers? Like the Wave? Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't really know. Yeah, it's probably something very uh, aristocratic. What I've noticed so far <laughs> is that a lot of the B, the mini people who've congratulated us are are just like the regular mini drivers that I was talking about a few minutes ago, and they're very excited about the BMW connection. So a lot of them say BMW mini because of prior I, generation. I think because they just like. The affiliation with what is considered a higher mark, right? Good, um, that's, aspirational. Yeah. So I, so that's something I've noticed. That doesn't. I don't care about that so much. 
But I do like that that first generation, this this R53 that we got, is like the most Mini and the most BMW these modern Minis ever were. They've kind of gotten away from it every single generation since. I love this. They're huge now. It. They're minivans now. They're not Mini My at all. My friends is so bulbous that I didn't like them, but I love ours. <laughs> Anyway, so that was the top of show. Uh, real quick business that I didn't get to the other day, which was crazy. We had so much fun with Rod uh, Emery. By the way, go watch that show. Rod Emery's an amazing person. But Adam Ferrara, a good friend Adam Ferrara, will be uh, in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania this weekend at the Keswick Theater. Now, that may not sound impressive to you, but it happens to be the most acoustically perfect room in the region. Wow. I know. I read that off the website. Nice. I had to write it down. I go, well, if they're claiming this, it's got to be true. Yeah. How could you not? The most acoustically perfect room i was thinking today for uh, comedy <laughs> well i mean acoustics have to be good in comedy right it's got to be good in everything i guess right you're trying to make a connection i mean i i walked in the acoustics in here are great you have soundproofing on the roof yeah we're, yeah we're i can tell pretty dead in here i can tell uh restaurants that's a big thing with restaurants that people really screw up all the time and i was everyone in wants a, that open floor plan i was in a restaurant where was i i think i was i've been in baltimore a little bit um Ooh. I love Baltimore. Really? Yeah. Well, wait. Where Why? are you? Where are you? Where I mean, you? I'm in ba- I'm in Baltimore proper. Like, oh, that's uh, tough. Like, like Inner Fells Harbor Point. Yeah. Oh, Inner that's Har- rough. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. My, yeah. You go four blocks, and it's like uh, 1968 post Vietnam. Very well said. I was going to say my grandparents used to live down there. Yeah. Not too far from there. Yeah. I used to go uh, catch But crabs. I was at a restaurant, and they had all of these tin cans hanging from the roof. So with the open part of the can open, hanging down, and it was the best sounding restaurant that I've ever been in. Because it was like steel, baby steel drums. Everywhere? Something, something about the. I, I think it was like the acoustics. They did it on purpose, clearly, because wow. every square inch was covered. Whoa! So I mean, not that you need it in here, but <laughs> dead. <laughs> dead. You know, I can't believe you just brought this up because it's an awesome fucking mini little tidbit. The back. Exhaust on our on on the mini s that we have those little center exhausts you know they look kind of like beer cans and when I say kind of I mean exactly they they are shaped exactly like beer cans yeah. exactly I can picture them the reason is because when they were doing the design buck of the mini the person who designed it was uh, Frank Stevenson did Ferraris and BMWs huge huge design guy yeah they noticed somebody said hey we didn't do the uh, exhaust pipe it's not a running car right it's just a model and they go oh we didn't do the exhaust pipe and he goes hmm and looked around the office and they found one or two beer cans or one cut it in half but whatever they literally took just a beer can that was there just for the mock-up wow and they liked the design so they then designed the canisters to look exactly like that i I love and i found that out the other day i love the gray space in every uh industry and stories (laughs) all in between yeah yeah it's just like who would have known that Uh, i didn't i wish i was thinking the other day i wish that um I wish that you had pictures. Of what? I mean, I don't know. Did you come to Florida with me? Yeah. We, yeah. Like that trip? I wish. I don't have as many from that. I know what you mean. You have some? Maybe? Maybe. Some. It, it was a high. We, we went to. Um, you should. This is the first one. You should come back and you should look at photos. I got photos of you and me and Joan Rivers. Really? Yeah. Joan Rivers? Night. Yeah. <laughs> Where were we with Joan Rivers? We oh, were show. at her, we did our show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had him uh, go with Clarkson. you. I couldn't go. Oh, Kelly Clark. You came with me? Yeah, we yeah. did it together. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. 
Uh, they were all obsessed with you. Yeah, well, Joan They were, like, was... obsessed with you. Melissa, but the whole crew, too. The publicist girl that you knew, the blonde girl who Leanne. was really awesome. Leanne. Joan, uh, man, we need some Joan Rivers right about now. You know, because she wouldn't have been able to get canceled. They wouldn't have been able to cancel her. So she would have She wouldn't of, go away. She wouldn't go away. <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't she die. She wouldn't apologize. She wouldn't go away. <laughs> and and uh, uh, that's so interesting. Wow. But c- go on with your story. But you should come back and we'll do like a whole nostalgia show. I would love to. I would love to. It took me 10 minutes to get here. I, we went to – like I don't remember much of the, the trip, but it was the first um, – it was like the first big thing that Nicole sort of booked for me as as my publicist, and we went to Hollywood, Florida, mm. to get uh, to have my photo photos. You did taken. a photo shoot for one of the Mark Stalagher shot, I think. No, no, it was Bruce Weber. B- right, Bruce and Weber we for Vanity Fair. Dinner, and I remember that part. Yeah, and, and but right. they shot. We shot at a hockey arena first. Yeah. First of all, I didn't even know there was a Hollywood, Florida. I mean, yeah. who? I, I guess now I know because there's a Hard Rock, and I was there, and the whole thing. But car show—that's the only is reason that a, I know. Is that a that's big the thing? Only reason I know, yeah. Celebration okay. is near it, I guess. Okay. Um, but then I remember us getting to the house. They brought us back to the house, and like at that point, I don't think I'd ever really been on a photo shoot before. And this was, a, you know, Bruce Weber taking the pictures. I don't know if, wow. and we didn't have phones. I don't even know if, like, camera phones at that point probably wouldn't. I don't think wouldn't. so. That's why I don't think I've ever You would have had to that. pull out, a like, a, a Polaroid or something. Or get it from the still person on set or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But it was, I remember it was only Bruce taking pictures. and. I remember that being a nice trip, and the shoot was multi, because we had the house and that rink. Was it two days? Yeah, we had dinner and relaxed that night, and then did the shoot. I, my short-term memory, <laughs> honestly, and I, you know, uh, people say stuff all the time. Like they, they make, I think they make wisecracks at uh, at athletes whenever they want to take a shot at them in the in the social space, and they'll they'll make references to like, oh, too many hits to the head, or oh or, yeah. But I actually think that, um, and I don't know, maybe maybe it's not that, but my short-term memory. Is so bad. Was it always though, or is That's this the like thing a I sense? can't really tell? <laughs> I can't, I can't really I tell. Remember, right, you know. Well, but, what? How about you? Do you think his short? Do you remember? But him I being? also think it, yes, I do. And he was never great at remembering <laughs> things. So that. But so, it, you always had a million, million things happening at once. So yeah, that's yeah, true yeah. with you. Yeah, you got a lot of balls. Yeah, and that's probably what I'm thinking in that sense. Like there was probably so much happening. In those two days, I was probably so excited trying to keep it together. And 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 I, I've never asked somebody else that maybe was in that type of situation or had something similar, a similar life, maybe. I don't even know if they, there is anyone to a certain extent. But, uh, well, that makes me feel better because sometimes I kind of worry about it a little bit. You think back on it? No, I think back on, I think, like, what have I forgotten? Oh, well, that's a slippery slope. I mean, I mean, is that a dangerous question? To I don't know. Yourself? Go have your a little pot and sit in the bathroom and ask that ask that question. Yeah. I can't even imagine that slippery slope. That's like an existential thing. Yeah. But, Do I even exist? But I think there's so many. Um, and maybe it, I, I also think that there's something it's going to come back at a certain point. 
Ooh, like all those memories all are going to in the ROM. It, it, you just don't have it up front. Yes. Oh, well, I actually totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a like, which is kind of cool to think about. It's on your hard drive. Yeah. Um, and, and so what changes? Is it when you get older and you're willing to unlock that sector or how do you? Well, I think becoming a dad is a big thing where you, um, first of all, you uh, like now uh, dads are worse than moms in the sense of like, get my phone out and take a picture. Oh, you capture the moment. Like, mm-hmm. look at this. Look at this. So I think there's some sort of, that you know, it, it's like working a different muscle. And now maybe some of my memories are starting to come back of like, oh, I remember this moment with my dad or um, or some of the the hockey stuff. It's weird. I don't remember. Like guys go on podcasts and they tell all these great hockey stories about what happened in the dressing room. Or I remember <laughs> that time this guy said something at such an opportune time. Yeah. I don't remember any of that stuff. But I also I used to not be a great listener. No. Oh, that's a very honest grown. That's like a, an enlightened, position. which I think, uh, if you don't listen, then maybe you don't hear a lot of stuff around you, right? You don't retain it. You're not going to hang on to it. Right. You're not going to. So yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. You were around a lot of bullshit and you had games all the time. So I, I can't imagine that you would remember the nonsense. Well, that, that and that's a good point in the sense that, um, there was always something that you were preoccupied with first and foremost like you look at the schedule and you go oh man next wednesday we got to play in philly and i know that i'm gonna have to fight this guy or this is going to be a big game or this is a huge game for the team Mm -hmm. it's a it's yeah um don't but i do think here's what here's how i'll tie it together i wish i had have had a, a, a child earlier because I think that that would have unlocked a lot of stuff. The perspective it, that you got from that, you wish you had earlier. In the sense of like, yeah, you would have just been able to slow down a bit. But then again, I also probably wouldn't trade it for anything. So it's you know, um, yeah. Th- I just started thinking about this. But yesterday. I also feel like part of part of, one of your skills that led to your success was your ability to tune out shit. So absolutely, with yeah. That. You know, shit, players, press, fucking fans, everybody. I'm get, I assume sports. What do I know? No, you're um, right. I would assume that that would have to play a role in it too, because you can't fully. You're purposefully walling up. Yeah. To yeah. not allow stuff in. Yeah, I mean, my life today. Today is Thursday. <laughs> so, just this week, I think, um, and I'll, I'll I'll explain what I'm thinking. So this week, I've I've had two very important auditions and I had a call back on Monday. Now, in the sense of when I stopped playing, for me to have thought that I would be here today in this position of like doing something that I never thought that I was going to do, having the ability to tune all of the the shit out from my previous life actually was very helpful in the sense Mm -hmm. of like, uh, for the last eight years trying to become an actor or, 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 or an entertainer or whatever the hell you want to call it, people would be like, what, what do you think? Like, I, I could always see the look on somebody's face. Like, come on, dude. You're not really going to be able to do that. And what they're saying is I see you some other way. I don't see you in that way. But if you see yourself in, in that way, that's all that matters. Well, absolutely. But And that was the same. That's the parallel when I played ah. in the sense of this is 
how I'm going to play. I'm going to play true to myself. Okay. I'm never going to get influenced by anything that anybody says on the opposing team, uh, opposing team uh, fans, my team, whatever it was. I was always very steadfast. And there's pros and cons to that. But I think that, um, I think the cons outweigh the pros. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. no. The, the pros, pros that way the, con- the cons. Woo! I'm glad we went back. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I would agree cons, with you there. I just, I find that when I started to, f- whatever, mid-30s, life kind of imploded for us. And when we kind of couldn't figure shit out, I was like, I don't get life anymore. Whatever I thought worked doesn't work anymore and whatever. And then I kind of leaned into authenticity for the first time in my life. We both used to kind of be everything for everyone. You know, oh, what do you like about me? I'll be that for you. Yeah. And then when you drop that shit and just be whoever you really are, whatever your frequency is, whatever your modulation is, whoever you really are, I feel like the authenticity then becomes the cream that rises to the top. Even if it's not for anybody, somehow authenticity gets there. Yeah. And you're like wicked authentic. Yeah. I mean, uh, to a certain extent, too authentic. I think um, I think there's this interesting balance of like... Uh, authenticity but also impulsion and i think Mm. that you can get (laughs) into a very dangerous place in that sense but but to to bring it back to now from a from a competitive standpoint or from a you know entering into like a new space my authenticity is what is separating me from everyone that's that's it because you're the only one who can be you yeah yeah and i and i think that also uh, people are afraid to be a certain, uh, people are afraid to be a certain version of themselves right now. Mm-hmm. And I am, I've blown through that a long time ago. Politically, do you mean? I mean, politically, politically afraid can to mean, offend someone. Yeah, anything, you know, politically as far as, you know, what you're wearing or what you're saying or who you're following or how you're, uh, how you express yourself yeah communication is becoming tough right now we have a lot of comedians on and they're struggling with that right now how to get their message which has uh good intention out and to be received that way is very difficult in this well and i think with the comedians you see the ones that are rising to the to the top right now are the ones that have just said we don't care we're going to kind of blow through it i'm not going to i'm not going to i mean you're going to you're going to go see uh, Rock and Chappelle? I don't think I'm going to say that. That was, it's on my birthday, the new show, but uh, it's in San Diego. Oh, that's They're too far. great. Yeah, well, the, both of those guys, and I've heard Rock is on fire right now, post-Oscars. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. We can, just, we can get to San Diego if you're worried about that. I mean, don't worry about us. I'm, that's a big, I'm not. That's a, I we'll mean, I wouldn't drive to San Diego to see those two, but... <laughs> We I don't get to do much anymore. Yeah, you know, you can, that's you got why the we new did car. this little thing here, so people come over. Yeah. Well, I, man. <laughs> You're hilarious. Um, uh, Mike, Mike, let's lighten this thing up a little bit. What do you have for Sean? Uh, okay. Well, actually, this kind of does. Uh, this kind of does actually translate to what's been talked about here. Um, uh, Sean, I don't know if you know um, Adam Scorgi. Um, He's the guy that did, uh, he did Grant Fear's story. He did uh, the Ice Guardians documentary okay. as well. Yep. Um, I think about Warren Zevon's song, Hit Somebody. And you think about hockey players who have been uh, kind of put into a role. 
and 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 certainly an argument could be made for your career that you were a role player. Um, I certainly loved having you on our team as an antagonizer and that kind of a thing in the in the in the you know the spirit of the the roided up version of Esatikinen and guys like that. Yeah. Did you know when you were coming up? that you would be kind of a role player like that? Was that always your career? Or were you like a lot of these guardian type players or these role type players where you hit the big league and you just kind of got thrown into that role and continued down that path? Or does that not make sense at all? Am I completely wrong on that? No, no, it makes total sense. And I think uh, actually today it makes even more sense than than ever before because – so so listen as you get older like everything sort of changes as you become a parent everything sort of changes i think as you get older if you're not doing some sort of self-exploration um then you're missing the mark and it's very interesting because again like now i try and sell characters that i sort of think are me but they're also not me and when I think about me as a, as a character in the past, I go all the way back to when I was probably 12 or, or 10 or 12, you know, going to Kelowna to play in these tournaments. I today believe I have like a God complex to a certain extent. And that originated as a young kid that was smaller than everybody, um, but as talented and, you know, when I was coming up, it was a different time. It wasn't the, the current NHL landscape of skill and speed and all of, all of that stuff. So something just gave me the ability to decide, you know what? I'm going to permanently have a chip on my shoulder. I am going to – one of my superpowers is going to be to try and be a protector. Um, yeah. And to protect, sometimes you have to antagonize. You have to get ahead of it. Right. To be a great protector in some uh, maybe in some comic books or I mean, Batman, I feel like Batman's always ahead of it in, uh-huh. in, in the sense of he never really shows up too late. So, um, well, that's what the Batcave is all about. Right. He's doing all that recon all the time. He's always ready. Yeah. Right. So one of my powers and it was that I guess I had the ability to one feel the game and feel when you were losing momentum or when you've gained enough momentum. Um, and this is, you know, pre NHL, this is when I was playing junior, this is midget hockey and having the ability to kind of pull those strings through your actions is a really powerful tool, right? Um, the problem is, is my God complex is much larger than I think most people's. And I also really enjoy, I, I also, I really enjoy being impulsive and just turning the heat up as much as I can, as quick as I can, because it was always successful. Right. And I don't think a lot of guys, I mean, you, you use Tekken as an, as an example. I think we were two very different players from a skill set standpoint, because we also played in a different time. Um, yes. But to date, I mean, I don't think there's ever been somebody who's had the ability to kind of turn things upside down or on its head as quick as I could. And I was at the Kings game the other night because uh, I have an Armenian friend from Glendale, and it was Armenian Heritage Night at the Kings game. Nice. And they were playing my favorite team, which is the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I went to the game. And 
I was sitting in front of a couple of Kings fans that have had season tickets for like 24 years, and we were just talking the whole entire game. And, and at a certain point, I think early in the third period, there was a scrum. And like the two teams came together, and they were yapping at the benches. And I just started kind of laughing out loud, and it was really introspective to a certain extent because – and I said to the Kings fans – I said, did I do that every single shift? <laughs> and, they, and they both looked at me, and they were dead serious, and they said, yes. And to see it happen in this game, it was, so, it was so out of the ordinary. You know, it was like the one moment people stood up that, that it wasn't a goal, and everyone's looking like, oh, my God, what's going on? And it, I remembered, like, I did that every single time I was on the ice. Yep. Like, yeah. there was never – you never knew what was going to happen from a line change to a face-off. And I, now I'm starting to understand, like, no wonder refs – no wonder I had a relationship with the refs like I did, which was, fuck, they were probably always on edge, <laughs> right? Because they didn't – Anxiety. Yeah, like, who knows what, what he's going to do, like the crazy lunatic. What's he going to yeah. – somebody watch him, you know, so – Oh, my God. It, it's <laughs> the buddy system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of guys on the ice. And, yeah. And, but Well, it's it's interesting. Um, like in Kelowna, for the Rockets, we had uh, Scott Parker. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and so Scott wasn't what he was when he hit the league as a Rocket, but, but he became that. Um, and I mean, no offense at all to Scott Parker when I say this, because I mean, you know, he, he had a, he had a great career and had some great things that happened and all that, but you, you knew what you were going to get with him. Yeah. Like yeah. when, uh, you know, or, or when we won the cup in 12, Kevin Westgarth was our, was kind of our guy at that point when, when the Kings won their cup again, you kind of knew what you were going to get with him with yeah. you. It was unpredictable. No um, and again, I'm just coming from a fan perspective that watched Ever. a lot For of Kings games. Yeah. You were a loose cannon. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and, and part of that, I wish I could take back some time in certain situations because when I was really good, I was really good. It just depended on what I was doing at that moment that was really good, right? Like there were times when I was focused on playing and not all the other stuff. And I guess that's why I was a really good playoff player because. In the playoffs, you know, the stakes are just much higher. And, um, you, and it's a different game. It's a different game. So, you know, the regular season, like the dog days of winter and February, and, you know, you're in Nashville on a Tuesday night. And a lot of it also was, and this is something that I have to kind of uh, dig into a little bit. A lot of it was, was done through to self-motivate myself. Like, you know, you hear people say um, – when they want to blow things up for themselves what's the what's the self-sabotage oh so mine wasn't in you know i didn't think of it as self-sabotage but whenever I, I i felt myself getting a little bit lackadaisical i would always turn that impulse up and and lash out with no fear of reper repercussions because whatever happened <laughs> Like if I got in trouble, that's why I, you guys got along. Oh yeah, you I, I, I would just use that as fuel to play harder the next game. So, you know, it's a it's an incredibly interesting cycle. It's a very very, it's a beautiful skill set to have as long as at some point 
you can kind of understand it and and maybe as you get older s- start to use it to manipulate situations in a different way it's so interesting you talking about this i have uh i have quite a few pro wrestlers in my life um both on the independent level and then all the way up to the top um and and they talk about the character all the time they talk about the character and how many times the character is just an element or two elements of them isolated and turned right up to 10 and it, it it's so funny you talking about it like the way that you are because it reminds me of what some of them have said to me and, 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 you know, you don't know what you're going to do. So you just turn on that impulse or you jump into that character or whatever you want to want to call it. And it's almost like an identity that you built yourself that you would kind of just sort of fall back on when you didn't know what to do or, or something. Am I getting that right? Yeah, no, totally. And I, I immediately go to uh, like, I remember early on taking acting classes in New York and which was something when I was playing, I always thought was sort of weird or like the art kids, uh, you know, like I, I was kind of that guy to us theater geeks. Yeah, to a certain extent. <laughs> but then when I started and they would say like, okay, give us go to 10. Um, I could always just go to 10, like immediately. Mm. It wouldn't take anything. I, you know, some people have to go to see, a dark like, place and, yeah, find yeah, it, like, and you're just like, boom, boom. <laughs> just pull it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what do you need? Do you want a six? Do you want like, you want a four? You want to go to oh, nine? Oh, so you were able to. Yeah. I mean, it, just based on um, situations, like whatever the situation was, what's the level of intensity here? What's my intention? Mm-hmm. So if you, if you say to me, like, give it to me, then I can just go, okay, great. We can, we can go there. Yeah. And, and also sports is is riddled with mind games everything is a mind game from the press to your relationship with your coach gm fellow teammates certainly the opposing team it's all a mind game mind game meaning like they're trying to get in your head you're getting false information it's not real everything you have to figure out every single moment because the parody in in professional sports is so similar i mean we're all great athletes we've all been doing it since we were four years old yep you know, we can all run the same speed for the most part. It's There's, already everybody's at the top. Everybody's at the top. So the ability to kind of um, find an advantage, it's done through the mind games. That's Everything. really wild to think about. I never really put that together. Um, and, and, you know, I think that what the leagues have tried to control is how do we control that to a certain extent? The NFL does it with you're not allowed to celebrate. Uh, or over celebrate. Right. Um, there's a lot Going of different. In the end zone, all that yeah, stuff. there's yeah, a yeah. lot of different things that they kind of try and control. Well, they, they change the rules in hockey every year. I mean, every year I tune in. They're they like, always, all right, so here's what's different this year, just to kind of. Yeah, I think with hockey, because traditionally hockey players are, are mild mannered um, <laughs> for the most part. In, you inside, know. I think that that's actually true. De- mm-hmm. Definitely. Yep. I mean, even, even for me, I mean, I think. Uh, there's a lot of people in my life that I've met that still can't kind of understand how I have the ability to go from me to like whatever the highest version of me is in just an instant. May I? I, yeah. I have to assume that with the, the the level at which you just talked about, everybody's at the top of the top top. Now you're in this most crazy intense environment. I, I don't know how. 
it goes back to like uh, your ability to block stuff out. It's this. It's the same skill again, isn't it? Absolutely. But and 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 um, what's so interesting is I love, I love uh, failure because for us failure was motivation like we were never and i say us in the sense of an athlete's brain you you know you hear uh like people in the arts or um anyone that's in a business that is that is you're constantly judged but it's also an individual situation where like you didn't get that role that person beat you out uh you know, mm. eventually that sort of compounds, and the the ones that that become successful, they either just get a lucky bounce or they have the ability to break through that. Hmm. I, uh, for the last whatever eight years, I have always enjoyed the failures of it, like that. That's because of the learning that yeah, comes from the failure. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, the learning and and the, the motivation. Growth. Ah, uh, oh, because the chip on the shoulder grows yeah, and you go, I'm going like, to fucking go get him. Exactly. Totally. Oh, crap. And, and, and then to a point where um, now, now feeling the ability to just sort of dominate those situations to a certain extent, it's also very freeing because then you can kind of, you can move in different directions and be really confident doing it. That's what I was going to say before with the, you know, the intensity on the ice and whatever. If you can function in that kind of an environment, it seems like then whatever regular people do in life is all pretty simple from an intensity standpoint. So, of course, your heart rate's low or your demeanor is mellow. Yeah. And, and you know, think of all the great, think of all the great scary characters. Let's, let's start with, um, let's start with uh, Jason. Oh, you really? Or, the, the actual scary no, character, or, or Michael Myers? No, it's great. I love I it. I mean, Michael Myers. Yeah. We'll do you think? Freddy. Do you we'll think? To Freddy here. Do you think their heart rates ever really get up that high? No, they always look like they're running very slowly. Yeah, and it's just all kind of composed. And that's the scariest. That's scary. Yeah, you know? they're not worked up. They're not worked up, and they can live in that in that environment. Shark eyes, we like to call that. Yeah, yeah. So. Javier Bardem from No Country for Old yeah, Men. Yeah, oh, exactly. Where, where does he work? Scariest. Where does he work? Over scariest non-horror character maybe ever, other than maybe Anthony Hopkins. But I'll put that same. That's, yeah, yeah. I'd put them up there. That's that's a super creepy character in so, a super creepy movie, No Country for Old Men. Yeah, yeah. Um, that thing up to the. Oh my god! Ooh. Yeah, that. Let's go back to Freddy. That. It seems like cuddly compared to that. Um, but anyway, yes, but, that's exactly what I meant when I said the uh, the shark eyes, Mike. That's a perfect uh, pull there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 all kind of. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm. Uh, it's it's becoming very powerful. Like if you can kind of and 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 again, I'll say this. This is the downfall of a lot of athletes in the sense of, you know you do something for such a short amount of time and then you wake up one day and all of a sudden that's gone. And now what do you do? You know, some guys can just, I think, turn it off because they didn't live in that space so much. Like they were much more mellow, but then there's other guys that weren't and that, you know, it's a very slippery slope. Well, it depends on what level of spotlight you attain too, I would imagine. And yeah, no matter what, no matter how you measure success, you were in the spotlight a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess a lot, um, again, coming back to that, like, 
it's this crazy God complex where like I wanted a, <laughs> a, a bullseye on my back because if I had a bullseye on my back, that was part of the things that I had to do. That was what was expected of me. Like that's it what gives you a reason to be you. It, and, and, but also it's like, that's why he's here. You know, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And your whole persona right. and that character, it's like, well, as long as there's a fuck, then I can be this way. Right. I'm fucking defending myself. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's wild. It's wild to uh, to think about it. And I again, I think like you start to think differently when you become a parent. Mm. Um, you were done playing before you became a parent, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you still skate? Uh, I started to because um, my friends are skating. You know, I'm like guys that I like Lawrence Longo. Longo still skates? Yeah, they skate That's on awesome. Sunday and Monday nights. And like, so I started to do it. And the problem was, and I, I remember hearing like Mike Tyson tell Rogan this, like, <laughs> I don't get into a ring because I don't want that fire back. Like, it's dangerous, right? He's past that point in his life kind of thing. No, he just doesn't want that fire back. He, he, because he probably thinks, and he, he's probably right in thinking, well, I could do this again to a certain extent. Or this makes me feel strong. So when I leave the ring, I still feel a little bit strong and kind of out outworldly, mm -hmm. and it's just kind of you know too you, dangerous kind of thing. Yeah, I mean you don't want okay. Mike Tyson walking around thinking that he's powerful. You don't want Mike Tyson's god complex uh, inflamed if he's not in the boxing ring. I like to think of himself contained in that little compound he built. I like to think of him in there all the time. Well, I think he's there as much as he can be. Yeah. Right? I love Mike Tyson. I, me too. But, but I, I, yes, you, you, it's an imposing figure that you, that you, uh, that yeah, you yeah, that, that was, it, it was, I didn't mean to draw the, the comparison to a Tyson, but, um, but if that's ever been in you, because you had some ferociousness to the way you played, so I get what you mean if you're calling that fire. Yeah, yeah. In the sense of, you know, we were, we were, uh, we liked to fight. You know, and you see it with UFC fighters now. And, and the interesting thing is like Dana White, who runs the UFC, he totally embraces it because he understands that that's a marketing. I mean, that's the marketing tool that drives uh, pay-per-views mm. is these fighters. He, he never comes down on a fighter like a fighters fight behind backstage or any of the, the crazy stuff that happens in the UFC. He welcomes it because that's how these guys are selling tickets wow um i was he, in a, at least he gets it i was he gets it yeah totally but very few have i mean i was in a sport where that wasn't really encouraged i mean they sent me you know i still laugh like uh, and now i'm back in california I'll, I'll they sent me to rehab for for a suspension that you know wasn't drug related wasn't i didn't uh i wasn't charged with a crime um yeah what else would it be? those would be the two things that you would send historically i've never heard of anyone else going to a rehab for anything else right <laughs> I but don't know what, i don't know what they I, sent I made you for but it, it I, is usually for something i made a comment about a girlfriend on a, a in an interview um and it was, <laughs> it was very i mean like this is the most famous thing can we say it or no <laughs> yeah i i said something about sloppy seconds yeah. and and um, by the way when i was going to king's games it was during that time and whenever we were in the chairman's room it was down with she was there yeah so it must and, have and been at the same uh, probably okay and and you know 
Alicia was great. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't directed at anyone specifically, and it was Rachel. Rachel Hunter was was sort of. Uh, but how did it all work? You said it because it, she it was. Did, they, you guys were dating, and then she dated somebody else. Is that what happened? Yeah, and then yeah, yeah okay. I mean, well, it, so you, know, you made a you made a joke. I I, I made a <laughs> I made a joke that I knew was, in yeah, like to to from a wrestling standpoint, like WWE, everybody would be standing up, going, "Oh my God, that was the." You know, the greatest joke ever. Like but, what a takedown line kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, or or now we start. You're getting like, heat. Yeah. You, you know, this would start some, some sort of rivalry. And it was really a defense mechanism to a certain extent because I was in Canada. They were trying to get me. They were trying to make it into a storyline and, and, oh, and all well, this. Now the whole thing's tracking for me, though. I get it. So the position of the management was, he's not in his right mind to be saying these things. He must be on some sort of a substance. So let's just send him off and make sure he's not on any substance. I think it was, uh, I think it was, I, honestly, I don't think they knew what to do because they outwardly said that they were sending me for anger management. And I, re- <laughs> I remember... <laughs> I remember landing in California and um, my two buddies, Lawrence and Cody, picked me up. And, you know, I had been to Malibu before because at this point I I was back in I was in New York now. But I remember them driving me down the PCH and we were like smoking a big joint. And (laughs) to me, life was kind of great at that point. I was thinking I I had it in my mind that I was going to make it back to. Uh, New York from Dallas so I'm like okay I'm gonna go to this rehab facility I'd only ever heard of them through movies or like maybe I'm some girl at a party or some point like somebody said yeah I've been to the she's in rehab yeah 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 who knows right tabloids at that point everyone was going to rehab somewhere that's how you got out of trouble of whatever you were in oh they just sent him to rehab and then people forget about it and then 30 days later back Everyone knew you can't talk to people when they're there. Yeah. So that's it was off the radar. That was why. It, yeah, right. Yeah. You could just Betty bury Ford. them from a publicity standpoint, definitely. Yes. Um, but then when I got there, uh, I remember it was sort of a little bit different in the sense that I, 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 I guess I wish that I was in the headspace to have really embraced what it was because I was surrounded by people that were going through really shitty stuff Mm -hmm. like molested by an uncle smoking meth you know like people were hardcore in that sense my roommate was an older gentleman that's won numerous academy awards that was getting off of methadone for like 42 years but people who needed to be there definitely and and it just kind of goes to the like think about the nhl sending sending me there in that environment without also thinking about Maybe I took a bed from somebody that really needed it. Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't they do the goodwill mm-hmm. hunting thing where they just shopped me around? <laughs> they should have sent me to every shrink in New York City until I clicked with one. Go to the best. Yeah. yeah. And Down just the list. Go through it. Uh-huh. And maybe I go in and I, you know, I, I play war games with one of them and they don't like me. But like that in my head would have been because I would have been able to probably create a, a lasting relationship with one that maybe it would have the whole situation would have been beneficial to me. Yeah. It wasn't beneficial to me because I didn't think that anything happened. 
I got out. I went back to New York. I got to play for the Rangers. So did it just feel kind of like a wrap on the? It wasn't even that. It was like oh, I got I got six weeks off. It disappeared. Wow. It was no one ever mentioned it, and wow. it went away. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. And you guys were working together during that time, right? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a thing that anybody like. It, no one held it against. No one me. knew what to say yeah. and that, well, how to talk about anything, and so they ignored it. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Different, different time. Um, right. Different time, and also, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. So far, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I was going to the probably to when I was going. It's like mid, early mid two thousands. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, late two thousands, more, 2000s. but mid to to late. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> You've had a lot of life since that too. I've had a yeah, I've had a couple, but I also feel like they've all been sort of running into each other, or oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's good, isn't it? They say when you're older, all the different things you did, if you can roll them into one, you'll be happy, right? I feel like it. I mean, even on bad days, I feel so excited about the future. Oh, dude, that's which wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know. Some people hate to get out of bed every day. Right. Yeah. I, I've never even, yeah, I've never been that way, you know. I, um, I've also, and I don't know, this is something else that I have to kind of do some discovery on. Very rarely do I feel shame. Oh, that's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah, which, you know, shame, I think. But you know it, but you know that, which is a weird awareness. Right. So you can, so it's maybe not as bad as it seems. Yeah, and the the only, and I'm thinking specifically about, uh, I'm like the most famous person in California right now because I yelled at some kids on the street a couple of weeks ago and there was a TMZ video. I'm sure, Nicole, I'm sure you, did you you see it? No, you didn't didn't see see it? it. Are you kidding? Yeah. Um, they <laughs> right. parked their cars and, and, and they blocked a driveway and it was a whole thing. But um, So there's like an angry video of you. Hey, you kids, get out of my yeah, driveway. I called them Democrats and I was like, told them <laughs> they were never going to get laid the way they were dressed. And it, it turned into a whole thing. <laughs> you, the character showed up. Absolutely. Like in a, in a heartbeat. Because I was trying to protect. It wasn't even my driveway. <laughs> It was what my, it was my friend's house, <laughs> which is so oh, you know it's, it's so just good. like, kind of, you know. On one hand, it's like get a get a grip, but it's also sort of, you know, it's what it's it's the gas and the engine, and how do you kind of how do you kind of rein it all in? But the reason I'm telling you this story <laughs> is that the following day, or I remember the day, maybe the day the video came out. Um, I used to, I, for the last couple of years, I've, I've ran a lot. Like once the pandemic started, I started running. Um, oh, so you don't skate, but you run now. 75, 80 miles a week. Like I was a hardcore runner. And Whoa. then when I got to California, um, I saw a guy, a trainer that, that he was like, bend down and touch your toes. And I had a tough time doing it. It was really sore to do it. He goes, I want you to do... And that was not your old life. Your old life, you were very flexible? Um, yeah, maybe maybe it wouldn't have hurt as much. Oh, okay. You know, I, fl- flexible in certain situations, but but what it told me and what he really kind of told me, he's like, You're, you you got to work smarter now. So he said, mm. stop running, go buy a Fitbit, and all I want you to do is now get 20 
he originally said 16,000 steps a day. And like now I'm averaging probably 22, 23,000 a day. Wow. And everything feels better. Are you a mall walker? I, I, <laughs> you go to the mall in the morning? I wish. <laughs> I, you know, and it's like, think about that. You used to laugh at those old women that walked at the... That's about what I can... That's my speed now. Well, I, I, and I, at some point I'll be there with them. <laughs> but now I walk around the neighborhood. So the day after okay. I, I scorched these kids and <laughs> embarrassed myself to a certain extent. Because um, ultimately I'll always say that was a... Uh, a moment that I embarrassed myself no matter what. Uh, and I'll get to it. The next day I was like, put my shoes on, walk around the neighborhood. Like nothing. no shame, <laughs> no shame, nothing like not an ounce. And then what you would see is all of a sudden this neighbor that I never talked to stops me. And he's like, dude, that was the greatest video I've ever seen. I feel like doing that every single day. Um, so you were yelling at the kids, and they started recording you. Yes. Yeah, so oh, okay, I, I got it. I an additional it. person started recording that I was totally. also yelling at that, that was part of it but wasn't part of the kids. Oh, my God, I got to see like, this. How can we not? Oh, yeah. my gosh. This so, is amazing. So the point, the point is, is like um, – How did we not know this and pull it up before the know, show? Because I, I, I went to my pharmacy – to pick up a prescription and the guy, the pharmacist there, he's the most straight cut guy I've ever, like every, I would see him. It would be pleasantries. Like his name's Sean too. So I'd, Hey Sean, how you oh. doing? Great to see you. Yeah. That week I went in to pick up a, a prescription and he followed me out of the pharmacy <laughs> and stopped me. And like quietly, he, he was almost, he almost felt like he was doing something that he shouldn't. And again, he leaned in and said, that was the greatest video I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's happened amazing. so much. So You're becoming like a, sub a suburban hero. I, yeah, but I, it, it was also like... Uh, it wasn't even my driveway. It wasn't even my driveway. <laughs> and then you went and made it political. <laughs> and then I made it... Yeah, like I just went to a... With 16-year-olds, they can't even vote. You know? don't even like, know. None of that stuff's important to them for yeah, 20 more years. Yeah, so I guess the point is, is like... How do you kind of understand the emotions that motivate you? How do you responsibly harness them mm -hmm. to get the most out of them? Um, but also, and I, I've started to listen to a lot of, do you listen to Jordan Peterson at all? I don't listen to him, but I'm very aware of him and I yeah, like him. Yeah. I think, that again, it comes, it comes back to the awareness. You seem very aware of these what might be considered flaws. So they're not really flaws because you're constantly looking to improve yourself. Well, I, I am, but I also think that, uh, listen, in some of these situations, it hurts myself, right? Because no, think about, I have a, I have a two-year-old son, Nash. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... You know, there's a part of me that goes, hopefully Nash is so aware when he's 16, when he watches this video at a, at a certain point, he's going to go, he's going to understand who his dad is and why his dad <laughs> acted that way in certain situations. He's going to grade with a curve. And he's not going to try and mimic it and, and think that it's, it's, but it, so my point You'll probably, is. He'll be the opposite of you, I think, I, is how it should be. I right? hope so, because, and I'm the opposite of my dad, yeah. which is interesting, you know, um, but I will agree with you. I'm very aware. Self-awareness has always been something that I've that I, I've had, even though I've sort of ignored every single instinct yes. that comes with it. Which well, the awareness is different than the two little the shoulders, you know, the, the angel. So it's like I think 
the voice you're ignoring is those little, you know, the devil and the angel from the cartoons. Right. And I think, like, you know, maybe one of those is, uh, what are you supposed to, would it lead us not into temptation? One of those is, like, temptation, right? Yeah. Like the devil or whatever. Yeah. And then one of those is, like, your conscience, which is theoretically like God or whatever, who is the one that you either get to listen to or not. You get to make the choice. And that, I think, is the free will aspect of it all. Right. But the problem is, I feel like the devil, and you said it perfectly, there's this devil on one side and then the little angel who also has a God complex, who's not the most purest of of the... Oh. And it's also... Like Even your pure side is not fully pure. Yeah, I mean, he's not much of an angel. In the sense of, like, I don't think... Uh, certainly understands right from wrong and more of this protector aspect where that's the thing that gets me that gets me um, fired up. But I, I, I will say this, and it doesn't help the situation, is I almost feel like because of the long history that I've had and, and that previous life playing sports and now certainly what I'm doing now, like most people would say, uh, and my agent's, at UTA or, or my managers at this point, like I almost think that um, people just understand that that might always be a part of the package mm. and maybe what I'm doing is worth it. Like, or what I'm giving them is maybe worth more than um, having to fear like, the TMZ video, mm-hmm. you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I also think we're in a time where we're about to have a huge shift and come out of, you know, everyone being afraid to come out of their shell and be authentic, like we talked about earlier, to just blazing authenticity. Ooh. Okay. That, that's where I feel like it's coming. I'm and I, in agreement with you. I think that's actually going to be the currency of the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that all of these TikTokers and the, the, the social media currency – They've just played their hands yes. too much. It's a, it's, it's, we've seen it all. Been there, done that. So one of the kids, one of the kids that I was in it with, <laughs> there, were, it was a TikToker house next door to another house. Oh. So the TikTokers got mixed in with the, the kids next door. But here's why I'm telling you this, because <laughs> I saw the TikTokers a few days earlier get out of their Tesla mm-hmm. and they had a, they had a baby Bengal tiger on a leash. And what? I thought to myself, what part it, of town is this? This is in Laurel Canyon, but they're all over now. Like the TikTokers <laughs> are in Studio City, I'm sure, up okay. to a certain level. Toluca Lake. Uh, there's a Twitch or TikTok house across the way because you can tell because the glass is frosted yeah, over, that's and, a, and, it, and it's, it looks like a club in there 24 seven. It never a goes telltale to sign. Telltale yeah. sign. It's hilarious. Uh, so it's funny every- you bring that up. Literally across the yeah, way. Yeah, they're everywhere now. So, um, but I was thinking to myself, like, and this is what we're talking about. Sure, at some point, the kid had a really cute cat, like a house cat, like one of those beautiful white house cats. And then all of his followers got sick of seeing that cat. So he said, well, I got to get a bigger cat. And all these tricks have been played and and they're sort of played out. (laughs) And I think now we're about to have this huge shift where everyone's just tired of seeing all those tricks and they realize, oh, those those there's no authenticity. It's just an act with all that nonsense. Yes. Um, and I think we're seeing it with our movies and, and, um, and our music and, and everything. Everyone's rising up and getting yeah. a little bit smarter for yeah. sure. Um, oh man, that brings up so many, I almost don't want to go. We'll do that next time. Cause it gets into, it, it, 
Well, ask, ask, ask. No, it's not even a question. It's 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 the discussion of all of that. Did you see the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. It was the beautiful. best. It was beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful story, but yeah. I thought it was the best visual storytelling of the metaverse I'd ever seen. Yeah. Because it's kind of like just a concept in these comic book movies and whatever, but I kind of also believe that that's sort of what we actually, the reality we also actually live in, the well, metaverse type of. Well, I think also Spielberg, what he's been, um, he's he's somewhat cursed because he's so ahead. Like Ready Player One. I loved Ready Ready Player One. <laughs> Conceptually, I think it was awesome. I didn't like the movie because I didn't think it was executed well, whereas I think this one was. Right. I agree. Okay. I agree. I agree. But I also think that it could go to the extreme of a of a Ready Player One. Yeah. In that intensity. That's, that, the Ready Player One should be the sequel to this Everything Everywhere yeah. All at Once. Yeah. Somebody should like do it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, the technology just wasn't quite... Like, if you made Ready Player One now, I bet it would be oh, sick. Oh, well, look at Avatar 2 is about to come out. and That and, looks real. Yeah. I mean... The stuff that they can do now versus four years ago, or Ready Player One was probably six years ago. Now at, least, at this point, yeah, at least. when they made it, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's very—I don't know—it's a fun time to be alive if you can just see through all the weeds. It also kind of—are you? From, this is what I didn't want to bring up before. Are you familiar with Childhood's End, the book series and/or the movie series? No, but tell me, it's Childhood. Child's hood. Child, childhood's end. Childhood's end. <clears throat> and it's basically about the tell. It's a story telling the end of human civilization on this earth, and and it's an alien kind of. It's a. It's one of those stories that kind of makes you go, oh, I see. So all the religions are the aliens. It's all kind of just one big thing, and everybody was right, and nobody was right. Right. But basically, it's ushering. It's the we've gone as far as we can go. Is it heartwarming to a certain? I think it's beautiful. Oh well, that's, I think it's I beautiful, but it. I don't know that I am. I might I be a minority. You. No, I, I understand. I understand. But yeah. because I am at a different place, you know, when I was ten years ago, twenty years ago, for yeah. sure, I would have thought probably like it's oh, it's bullshit, it's negative, it's depressing. Right. I think it's beautiful now because it's about how f- when you can't go any further, what the hell happens? Yeah. Oh, some intervention. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, well, they reset the clock yeah and i and i wish that uh i wish that people would have these conversations more but it's tough you know i I, you're certainly not going to hear this type of conversation from a uh, a bankable hollywood star at this point i mean the most you're trying to be a bankable hollywood star yeah but i also think that i'm going to do that on this next wave agreed oh dude i love your logic so so i'm thinking fourth dimensionally in the fifth dimension. Yes. Yes. He's always been right. Yeah. That's the one thing. Like, he turns insane all the time, but rarely wrong. I think it, part of it is this instinct of, uh, I was telling somebody about this the other day, because uh, I, I, my God complex flared up, and I said, uh, <laughs> I was like, I want to do a, a, I want to do the, the, the cellar or the funny room at the comedy store. I want I want a hundred seat room. Did you call it both of those? Whatever. The I call cellar it. or the. <laughs> Are they two different places and, and not the? Is it, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it's just okay. hilarious. So one of those rooms, and I was just and I was openly saying this. And to they a didn't bunch, take you seriously. To a bunch of comedians, like working comedians, I go, I want a room. I want I want one of those rooms. I want a hundred people. I'm just gonna crowd work. Like, oh yeah. I'm not gonna. You guys in your setups, and you need to hit a certain decimal and audible, and then you got to come down and hit those, and just hit that hard. Like, 
I, I they want understand. The laughs per minute. The, yeah, the whole I, thing. I get the art, and I, it's a beautiful thing, and I can't believe you guys do that all day to try and because there's no your your variables of instinct. There's not a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I want a room, okay, mm-hmm. and I just want to crowd work because what I did when I played, that's all I did was crowd work. Whether it was with the crowd or the opposing team or my team, but more importantly, the opposing team. You know, when you're uh, when you talk a lot of smack to the other team, the only way you can be good at it is if you're good at it. In the sense, like, you don't get redos when you skate by the bench and you <laughs> scream at one guy on the bench and you try and get into his mind and insult his whole lineage. You got to hit that. Like, otherwise, if you don't... <laughs> Come by get, on a second pass. Yeah, hey, what yeah. I meant to say was... Right. You got 20 guys standing up going, uh, like... You yeah, know, I thought of a better comment. Listen, hey, lost, so take this. Yeah. So, to me, I'm like, I did that my whole entire life. Crowd with, work. With, yeah. Well, it's improv, right? It, to, to a certain extent. But it's also so much easier because um, if I have a, a, a whole audience of, like, different races and and some gays and and maybe there's you know uh, uh who some some older grandmothers in there like who a knows potpourri. a potpourri yeah. a smorgasbord we have we have a whole <laughs> horn of plenty <laughs> <laughs> that so so i thought i was like okay i can do it and i could so what so what so so let's do this uh, well i could so i uh, yeah and like well, I'll open for you, I, or or one of these real com- let's let's actually make a night like this. We I, just did one of these. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So here's the problem is, and, and it's not a problem, but I think why I haven't picked up the phone and said, okay, let's do this, is I'm working through my head, uh, because when you feel like you're God, or when your superpower is to go from one to ten in a heartbeat. I still have to keep a room full. So I yeah. don't want – you can't – you come guns blazing and you just start eviscerating people in the crowd. Can I – Who are you going to have left? Does I, it matter? I think this is it. Yeah. I think this is the show. Right. I think you open with that. Right. And Here's just who kinda, I am. Here's what I know how to do and feel it out because yeah, that's what you're, you're right. good at. You're right. Kind of just that then authenticity the authentic- of, of put, putting your cards on the table. I'm going to maybe make some mistakes and you're going to be really upset yeah. with me. Yeah, but you know, let's. That's ride the disclaimer. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That's a that's a great. So that's what I've been trying to kind of. Oh, I, you've lit my fire. I want to do this with you. I think okay. this is such a great idea. And yeah. we have just been literally doing the research on the rooms in Hollywood and stuff. There are some great rooms that we know that we know the bookers at who have been asking us to book a comedy show there. And and so the problem, the other problem is not a problem, but like if I have to sell a hundred tickets, I could do it in five minutes. I'll just go out on Instagram and say like I'm. Tuesday night at seven. Yeah, come see this, folks. But I also I got a show for you. (laughs) Right? Do I want um, some people in the crowd that don't know me? Yeah. You know. So how do I kind of you know? But that's just me being scared to just kind of. It's getting overproduced already. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I know. I know. Let us worry about that part, and you just be you on stage because you're the draw. Well, I'm glad that I um, that I that I was open about that desire. Because I, I you, I'm seeing it. I already see it. I can yeah. see it happening in the in the bourbon room. Yeah, I can already totally. see it. And I, because he's Mr. L. You used to stay at the Chateau. That's why I see it. <laughs> yeah, they got I'm a right big there. Yeah, growing, yeah. Uh, glowing sign of the Chateau Marmont behind the on the stage there yeah. and everything. Yeah, with the Roxy and all these other logos. This is a great room in Hollywood. I'm talking about. But I, I, I can li- see you doing this. And I listened to uh, um, 
Rogan just had uh, Rick Rubin on, and Rick Rubin oh, produced uh, a Dice record that really? I haven't listened to, which was, I think he Rick Rubin, to, the fucking yeah, the music producer, Grammy winning music. The day producer. the laughter died. Yeah, the day the laughter wow. died. Nice. Thank you, Mike. That nice pull, Mike. Um, but he bombed, and they still put the record out. He went Ooh. to like Carolyn's in New York or something. Just <laughs> Caroline. I don't know. I, that could be the wrong name, also. I'm really bad with names. It's my short-term memory. Um, I'm laughing at you because it's usually me. So I'm really happy that there's someone else here who's doing the same shit. So, you know, that, like, I'm also not even afraid of bombing. Like, I don't have, no, that's, I have that's zero your superpower. fear of it. That's why I can see this already. Yeah. And I can also see you picking up on somebody who's like, <laughs> whatever. I can see you turning the screw a little bit yeah. on somebody. Yeah. You know, and I think that... Uh, I think I think that this might be fun to develop. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it might turn into a one-man show. Well, because I also think people, um, you gotta have the ability to sort of like uh, fucking laugh at yourself a little bit. That's and the I, authenticity and, and, too. You know, I can laugh at myself. But were you always that way? Because when you have the walls up, sometimes it's hard. Um, like I'll, you're say so no. I'll say no. No. You used to run out of rooms when you had a bad game. Yeah. And when you were on, you were on forever. Yeah. But when you were over it, you were out. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Um, now, I think that... Uh, but what about a good game? Would you stick around and then celebrate? Yeah. Or was... Okay. Yeah. So you were riding the wave. Yeah. But I also think that was uh, because... So that's that's like uh, results driven in the sense of uh, I didn't do my job tonight, so I'm not allowed oh. to feel happy. Yeah. Versus, you know, that's huge. I didn't deliver. I can't celebrate. Yeah. That's yeah. that's perfect. That's the perfectionist. That's the professionalism. I consider that a very good trait. Yeah. Yeah. Even but, though it beats I, you up for the weekend or whatever. Yeah. But I, you know, I think, yeah. It's, it's it's yeah. Does it ever get? I, it, is it crippling though, or is it? I mean, you got a hold of that too. No, um, no, because the beauty of sports is like you just get back on the horse. There's always get, another one. Yeah, it's like two days, you yeah. know. The well, next plus day. you don't have the shame anyway. So, but that's not shame related. If no, you feel like you didn't deliver. No, it's not. No, it's it's. Um, it was almost like I don't deserve any of this. Sean took a lot key. of responsibility and took things personally. Yeah. And that's what I always saw. It was never about anything else other than this is what I need to do. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. And very selfish to a certain extent, but also. You but know, I for think that, other people. So it's right. a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The selfishness is a weird thing I had to embrace. I think that a little bit of selfishness is actually good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I didn't used to feel that way. I, 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 I mean, I don't think you, you have to take care of yourself first. if you're not selfish to a certain extent. You know, that that's an inherent trait of, of um, you just have to be different. You have to at least be concerned with yourself. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And for what I didn't do when I was younger, maybe, I don't know about you, but like we didn't take care of ourselves, like mental health and whatever else. We kind of just always, yeah. you just barrel through all the stuff and you don't know what you don't know. So you don't do the work that you talked about before, of like getting in there and dissecting all of the. Which is the why you. I think it's a beautiful time to, uh, 
to sort of be at a uh, like my parents are too old to do that at this point mm-hmm. i not really but like it might, it's probably not gonna happen you know i i'm uh i've got we have so much time did you see defending your life no never defending your life it's old it's like 80s or 90s but it's 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 Usual great watching. and i highly recommend it. it's it albert tonight. brooks he wrote oh, it wow and okay. it's a it's about when you die and you have to do, are you going on or are you going back or uh, what's the deal? Uh-huh. It's, it's him and meryl streep it's fantastic oh, wow. it's wow. so good okay i just got goosebumps all right sorry i didn't i was hoping you had seen it and i would have said something else but now i cut you off for no reason so no 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 <laughs> it's uh no we're in a time now where um part of it's technology part of it is I mean, we have some real trailblazers that are that are, you know, doing this like a Rogan or um, I just listened to the Lex Friedman, uh, Kanye, the yay interview. Uh And, you know, he's been totally unhinged for two weeks, but he's been going on these interviews with Piers Morgan and whoever who they're trying to get him. You know, they need click. They need clickbait. And it's an antagonistic conversation. So he has this conversation with Lex and like. He says some wild things that I don't agree with, but they also Lex has the ability to kind of bring it down to this human level, and there's there's enlightenment there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things that that regardless of what he feels or what he you know personally believes, he still says some things that resonate with me because he's kind of one of those other fearless, you know, I I, I or maybe he's at it at, at this stage now where. Not being afraid to talk about your feelings and explore them is it's it's kind of a cool trait to have now. Yeah, um, and you just got to hope that you don't do it too late. But I don't even know if there is a too late. There, I don't think there is because if you uh, an an authentic uh, an apology is it can fix everything. Yeah, a, a real apology can fix everything. Yeah, if if you are willing to say I am sorry. I did something wrong, yeah. and I and I and I won't again. I mean, like that is huge. Yeah. Or I didn't think this way. I didn't think it out. I didn't know this or whatever. If you're just willing to shoulder the responsibility, I think it's amazing the amount of forgiveness you can you can bolster and and then support you gain from it because whoever you lost that comes back is like a diehard supporter. Yeah, and I and I've always been that way in the sense of. Um, but if he's saying what he feels and that's how he feels and that's how the, and then that's going to alienate people, then no, there's probably not coming back. Y- yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know how you can be an anti-Semite in this, in this day and age, but I don't know that he actually is. one. I, I don't, I believe, don't know. I don't believe that he really is. I, I think that there's things that he's confused about because he also says in the same breath that he's Jewish. So it's like, <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's kind of, so when it gets into that noise, that doesn't resonate resonate with me because I also like personally, I don't care who you are. I don't care what color you are. I don't care who you love. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really care what you do, as long as you don't try and influence other people. Yeah. I mean, I respect and I and I hope that we can. There's a connection. Do whatever you need to do to make you happy, as yeah. long as it doesn't affect others. Yeah. Like. I mean, that's like. The golden rule, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I know there is a golden rule. This is maybe two. Well, the rules. The silver rule. Yeah, the rules have changed also, though. Um, You're right. You're right about that. The golden rule used to be treat others as you wish to be treated. That doesn't work anymore. No. Nope. People just steamroll you when you're like polite and nice, and they just don't even see you. Yeah. Or people are angry at themselves, and and then what they do is, you know, I mean, uh, online or social, like it's 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 uh, they want to be a part of a group, and we're going to do this, and and we feel 
like we can just do it because you know i don't know why they feel is like it time to rise up is yeah, that what it is like yeah. everyone wants to kind of yeah i i think everyone has the ability to have a voice now or be a part of a clique right whereas tribalism be, yeah tribalism yeah um tribalism through through technology is crazy you know? Well, it's so easy because it used to have to be in the same geographical location, but now you can be anywhere on the globe right. and still get your 5,000 to 5 million followers, whatever. Right, right. And I, but, I, you know, how much of it is even real? It's like what's – I guess Elon's – I don't understand kinda, ones and zeros. I think it's all fake. Yeah. I, I, I to a certain extent, do also. Because <laughs> I also don't think that people, even the real people, aren't saying what they really want to say. Um, nobody afraid. you want to hear from. No. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of people saying stuff. Yeah, stuff. A lot of stuff being said. The people you want to hear from are gone. They're ready to That makes me so sad that I yep. think you might be right. That bums me out. And I don't mean like Walter Cronkite and, and stuff like that. I just mean like credible sources. People I, that we all trust. I the Letterman's of the world. You know, there was a, there was a period where we where – we, we, sorry, go ahead. I constantly go to the, no one knows what to say right now because they want to have a conversation, but some bites are so short and that's what gets picked up Yeah, that it stops any progress from happening. Yeah. Well, isn't it interesting that the people that we're talking about that dominate the news cycle are actually not really the traditional people like the, 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 you don't, the Brad Pitts or whoever the, 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 the big stars are, I mean, you don't hear them say anything anymore. Oh, the 20 million club, that yeah, whole thing. I mean, no, 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 one, no, That's no, just no. like radio silence. But now there's this underground sort of movement of uh, some of these comedians who are kind of just said, whatever, we don't care. Mm -hmm. um, or uh, I, I guess Hollywood is still sort of that un untouchable space where everyone's still really just too afraid to do anything or say anything it's a big machine man yeah i mean you know it's a big machine yeah, yeah. i mean to, 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 if you do anything to delicate to delicately imbalance that machine people form grudges and they are hurt and they are upset about it because it costs money and blah 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 i mean it's so business yeah i think people don't really realize how business show business is yeah it's, there's very little of the lights and curtains anymore do you guys watch uh, yellowstone no, I've heard good things though. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I bring it up is because Taylor Sheridan's sort of this like outlier in the business, who I think he's making shows for people that like authentic stuff, right? They don't want to see a certain storyline pushed down their throat because it needs to be checked off a quota box. Right, that's what it is. It's the metrics, and you know. So it's interesting that, and in, in this guy's like on fire. He basically owns a network uh, as far as from a content standpoint. But um, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm on, that's why I've been in Baltimore. I've been doing this show called Lioness that, that he has. But, but like, I also think he might be the only person that I could work right. for in network television. Yeah. Like that might be the only one that I can, you know, so it's just very... You know, all these things are kind of brewing and happening with all these different people. And I think it, it just comes back to authenticity is going to win in the end. And you have to just be you. Do you have to, you can't stop doing what you've been doing all of this time. Yeah. 
No, I know. I just I I I can be a little bit um I can be a little bit smarter with it. We all can. So that's yeah. that's your lesson. So Yeah. There's yeah. your homework. That's what I'm working there's on. your homework. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> it's a lot. I never had a, a a class assignment that was this dense. I never had one I was interested in doing. This yeah, one at right. least I'm interested in yeah, doing. You're right. You're right. Uh how's Andy Cohen? He's good. Uh I was just texting I I actually just introduced him to uh uh, a hairdresser who cuts my hair out here as a potential romantic flame oh. under the guise of a haircut. Oh, I see. Let's so, start with a haircut and see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last U- usually it doesn't take much more than a haircut. That's about where it starts. <laughs> Very intimate. Uh, last time we saw him was at, uh, we went to uh, the Grateful Dead, the John Mayer and the oh, Dead yeah, at yeah. the Hollywood Bowl yep. like five years ago, and yep. he was right there in line right in front of yep. us said hello. Rock, and he's been on tour for five years, essentially, with them. Yeah. Since John started with the band, that's so Andy's just going with him. He's gone. They they just bounce around from show to show. Are you serious? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's oh my whole, god, I was I, I had no idea. Oh no, there's a whole gang of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fish fan, so like I didn't I didn't the the dead and uh, I like John. John, I know John, and he's great. And those two are like. John has taken Andy from me to a certain extent. Okay, they're they're they have <laughs> romance a, has moved yeah, yeah, over. Oh no! Yeah. Well, he started. Do you singing. have a comment you want to make on no, that, no, Sean? No, I love it. He's, you know, they started singing dead songs, and that that was it. That was the end of it. I'm sorry, I was trying to lead you into no, a, a very no, bad situation. No, 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 I got it. But um, <laughs> um, no, he's good. What he's about good. Jimmy Jelinek? You know Jimmy Jelinek? I know Jimmy. That's hilarious. He's yeah. been here a couple times. Really? Yeah. Uh, we think he's hilarious. Yeah. He's like all over the place. Like work I don't know who he is. I don't know what he is. She got him here one time when it was just a dining he's room like table. And doing, he's what is he doing now? He's always doing something. He's a creative. Yeah. He's a creative. Yeah. He's a wild dude. I think yeah. he's, like, he's like a wicked creative. Yeah. 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 Um, are you into cars at all? Or you just have cars because no, they're the I, things I to do? I have cars because, but I'll, I'll tell you, when we um, got out here, we moved out here from New York. I got a motorcycle, oh. and I was never like a motorcycle guy. But uh, Harley Davidson has an electric motorcycle now. Livewire. The Livewire. That so, is fierce. So I got a Livewire, and because I didn't want something hot, I didn't want to ride a bike that was hot, and I also didn't want to ride a bike that I had to change gears. Mm-hmm. No gears. There's no vibration. Nothing's that amazing. You just turn it on and you go. It's like Tron. Uh, you remember the Stiglitz dad brought one up to a uh, uh, breakfast That's club that time, and when, when he peeled out of there, it was like, yip, 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 yip. Yeah, the whole way out of there because it's so fast. It's so fast. I have it turned down so that it, all I do is use it as like a, a cruiser for, because you can lane Round town split. scooter. Yeah. It's, that's really essentially no what it is. No traffic. Uh, but, but other than that, no, not really. Hmm. A car guy. Hmm. Yeah. What else? I don't know. Oh, Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah, Dancing. So I'll tell you. I remember all of that because yeah. we, we had the company at the time. I'll tell you, and it's, uh, man, my life is so serendipitous, okay? So me doing Dancing with the Stars was the smartest, best decision that we ever made or I ever made or whatever, whoever Ultimately you, but we were pushing pretty hard on that one. <laughs> um, and what's funny is, like, I was a it was a disaster. Like I, I, well, it was exactly what you predicted it would be. Actually, it was. It was just crash and burn. I blame you for I that. I fought everyone, <laughs> the producers, like everything about it. 
I just, it bothered me, yeah. right? It was a big phony fucking hoopla yeah. and you're Mr. Authenticity. Yeah, so, but the but the interesting thing is, and, and most people would have think like, oh, that was a disaster. Like, why did you do that? It was the best thing I ever did because um, Valerie Papsidera was one of the executive producers on the show and she was the only person that I got along with on the show. Oh, and her cool. husband is a guy by the name of John Papsidera who has now cast me in just my second Christopher Nolan movie. Um, he's the only casting director that basically casts me at this point. <laughs> Still, like, if he's putting you in Nolan movies, that's pretty good. He just put me in this Taylor, Taylor Sheridan show. Wow. Um, I just did a, a table read for the new Cameron Diaz, Jamie Foxx movie. She's coming out of retirement. John. So I would have never have known John if I hadn't have done Dancing with the Stars. And I, and I also, Valerie's we're still friends like i love them the two of them but that was that was the 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 thing that gave me the ability like it was just part of the puzzle mm. but a big important piece but one that you couldn't see at the time because that was not something you wanted to you do. never you fought me on that for months months yeah yeah. So long. Well, we said no. Well, actually, I think, more than a season because that's what yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and we said no, and then it came back, and it was like a whole conversation. You know, yep. I remember like they came, I had to go back to do like the wrap up show, and yeah. I just sat in the my live, trailer. The live at the end of yeah. the season. And I didn't yeah. come out. I just didn't even come <laughs> out of my trailer. And they're, th you know, this was very rare for them. Because most of the time, people that were on that show were really excited about being on to the show. To be there, yeah. And I was at the beginning until I, I – they ran a package. The package that they ran pissed me off, and you then that was it. hated it, and they called I, me I every it, day to bitch. I have it here in quotes. The bad boy of NHL, yeah, is that what like it was? Some they positioned thing. you as the bad it boy of the NHL. It was some stupid thing that they did, and uh, but it was the best disaster that I've ever been through. Because uh, and it's not even a disaster. It was just great. I, I'm so thankful that I did it. The cool thing is that show is still on the air. Yeah. So if you tell people I was on Disney, it's like that's still kind of a thing to people. Not well, that you care. Disney, now it's on Disney Plus. Oh, is that better or worse? I don't, I don't know. know. I that, don't know. So it's not well, on television reason, anymore. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. but I, I mean, I don't even know what television is anymore. I still watch it, but I'm old. I know. I do too. I watch it on my phone, like Direct TV stream the app. <laughs> And I, because I like watching Jeopardy and and like shows that I guess I could go on demand it at Hulu, but I I don't know. I still like the traditionalness of like let's put on the TV. Yeah, I think the streamers, uh, and I guess some of them are experimenting with this, but I think they'll go back to like a schedule type system because yeah. I think part of this whole thing we're talking about is they'll have to start another like another right. program again. Right. And yeah. it'll have to be something, you know, yeah. some enlightened version of television on I the agree. internet or whatever it is. I agree. But, you know, we're getting kind of idiocracy out there, and we kind of got to move the needle back a little bit as yeah. well. So. Yeah. Did you hear about the 10 o'clock no more talk show time, like, or prime time? Well, is it official? Did that happen? Because uh, NBC was looking at it, right? All the networks. Not all. Them. CBS said, you, they said, you'll take our 10 o'clock from our cold, dead hands. Yep, <laughs> except CBS. But the other ones I read being together to be like, enough's enough. 
basically the 10 o'clock hour is the most expensive hour. It's all those expensive dramas. That was why that Jay Leno show was pitched in the original when Conan had the Tonight Show. That was the oh. that whole reason was to get rid of all oh. of the expensive ERs and all those shows, and then you just plug a Jay Leno four nights a week into that, and it becomes right. a, a lot more cost effective right. for programming the hour. But being that the dramas came back and they're all really expensive. Yeah. They're looking to save some. I mean, they already sold all of the property. The television's so dead. Every studio lot has been sold. TV City is under lease now. CBS doesn't own it. Somebody else does. Radford got sold. All of the movie lots change hands well, left and right. They've built them. Didn't all, Apple buy Culver Studio? They've built new ones, like, you know, everywhere. That's, that's two, yeah. And Universal. Montana. Just, oh, other parts of the country. Yeah. Well, they're chasing these tax these tax, credits. tax breaks, the credits. I mean, the studios are still, yeah, it, it's... Uh, That's the business part I was talking about before. Yeah. Like, there's so... The, the, it's Art and commerce, it's just becoming... Yeah, well, I think one of the good things is because people have the ability to buy what they want and not buy what they don't want. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have direct TV... And you go, well, what am I going to watch? Well, I love uh, I love this show. Like, I love the Paramount Plus shows. Right. So you get the Paramount so Plus. So you get the Paramount Plus shows. Well, I agree with that, except what I see metrics-wise, my own brain, I see that everything is becoming homogenized to be all the same because well, they're all metrics-based. So when you follow the metrics, eventually you just get a slightly above medium. Yeah. That's the goal. And I'm like... I'd rather have a couple aces and a couple tankers, and a, yeah. I'd rather live a little bit, you know? Do you watch Game of Thrones? No, I never got into you that. Never got, one of us. So never I never, a frame. So I never watched it. We met that Santa Claus guy, though, who wrote it. Um, oh, uh, Tolkien or whatever. I th- it's not that, that one, too. I, uh, I wanted to say George Romero, but it's whatever. That's the uh, Mike knows in Canada, I bet. George uh, Martin. George Thank Martin. you, buddy. Thank Atta you. boy, Mike. Um, <laughs> I, I never watched it. I never watched it. And then um, I was in Baltimore... And a couple, whatever production got got stopped because of a few things. So you I had, had some a bunch, time on your hands. I had some time on my hands, and I watched all eight seasons. I had a lot of time, like thirteen days. And well, maybe that's the way to do it. I'm the biggest Game of Thrones guy ever oh, no. now because it's just so fresh. Like I love Jon Snow, <laughs> and the new one. I'm so deep. You just get excited on stuff. Yeah. It, it, so if you find that you have two weeks off that you don't have to do anything sure and you're getting paid oh well it's the perfect, sign me up <laughs> it's the perfect time yeah i know it's the perfect time to start game of thrones looking for one of those development deals <laughs> uh, um dude we've done the time you we've already been here so long mike uh, well, hit, hit me with one question because you've been such a, a valuable asset Okay, well, um, yeah, that's not. Here's a, here's a little palate cleanser right there. Staples Center just turned into Crypto.com Arena. What do you think about that? So I was there, uh, like I said the other night, and um, I got there at the start of the game, and I walked to my seats, and my feet, the floor was so sticky. Okay. <laughs> now, was, was there a concert the night before, no, or is this the new I, epoxy and asked, floor? And no, you know what? And I asked. I said, "When was the last event?" And uh, I think it had been like four days, okay? So Crypto.com, they give, obviously, Anschutz AG a bunch of money. They took that money. I don't know what they did with it, but they didn't put it inside the arena because the arena is really kind of run down. They have a new screen there. Um, You know... 
when somebody took over the forum, remember when we already had the Staples Center and yeah. somebody else took over that yeah, was a yeah. church or whatever? Something took it over and it was yeah. like, oh, it's the new forum. And you went in and it was like, it's the old forum. Right. This is still the old forum. Yeah. Is it the same kind of thing? Um, like they just did the sort of facelift rebranding on the outside? They put a screen. It wasn't even to that extent. Oh, well, yeah, they put crypto and like everything has crypto inside. So they put some money into <laughs> obviously know. taking the old plates down. Did we did we just think about this and realize what the problem is? It's crypto, right? So the value of everything, whatever it was when they made that deal, it's <laughs> yeah. Or, or or they didn't, you know, who knows, yeah. right? But um, I'm just saying that I'll, I'll tell you what I was talking <laughs> to the these, money they did once. these fans yeah. about was um, the Clippers are about to own, open a new arena or they're building an arena right now, and. Yeah. Um, they got to do something with Staples because L.A. fans, like outside of the, you know, Jack and some of the guys that put their feet on the floor, or the first like five rows, people just go to the new stadium because crypto is not in good shape. And it's not really there's not a vibe. It's it's sort of vibeless. Ooh, that's a bummer. And I was there on Armenian Heritage Night, which was fun because they had, you know, all, all the Armenians. Was, came yeah, out. they yeah. were just like rock. And they'll represent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, to to answer your question, Mike. <laughs> I appreciate it. I have dozens more. <laughs> uh, Give me one more. Give me one more. One more, and then I'll do the business. I gotta ask you about the Marty. Bro- I gotta ask you about the Avery rule. I have to. I I can't not take that opportunity. I mean, there's famous, there's infamous, and I think that we have covered that very well tonight. Where where. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have a piece of infamy in the NHL. There's the Sean Avery rule um, yeah. in the rule book. What do you think about that having the, the benefit of some hindsight? Yeah, I mean, so the, the you know, it's one of these interesting things where I don't, there's nothing that I learned from it that I would have changed. It, it, it's sort of set in stone. And I think it's kind of ironic that it's so set in stone that there's a rule, right? Um, <laughs> He obviously Brodeur is an unbelievable goalie. Had a great career, serious winner, very smart, very wily. Uh, anytime I would go to the front of the net, he would poke the back of my legs. I would fall into him, <laughs> and then I would get a penalty. So it just so That's happened. The yeah, it, this was a very important game. We got a five-on-three power play, which was even more special. And I remember coming off the bench and going towards the front of the net. It was just one of those inner monologues that I had in my head that I wish everybody could have heard. And it was like, Sean, you know, me, like, you take a penalty here. You put your whole, like, you you are a loser, right? <laughs> like, whatever you need to do, do not take a penalty. And for some reason, from the time I thought that to the time that I got in front of Brodeur, I was like, just turn around. And put your hands in his face and every time he moves one direction you move your hands and like uh he's not going to be able to poke your legs it was me trying to solve a problem and and not caring how i solved it because again i have a god complex and i was just trying to do whatever i needed to do for the team to win right so it happened i scored um you know we all we, we we can go back and watch it i went to bed that night and I woke up the next morning and they had changed the rule, which, you know, was 
one illegal because they can only change the rules in the <laughs> in summer the Caesars, yeah, off with the approval of the players association like there were so many but i think everyone was just like change that rule right now because if you don't <laughs> he's gonna keep he's gonna doing do it. this every single time right and they're in the playoffs and this is going to turn into something that we don't you know so i so was for you for knowing that. i was yeah. sitting with your mom marlene oh, when wow. that happened and Wow. That's the first thing she said, but he's going to do this all Yeah, time. so she she knew. <laughs> she knew it was coming. So, you know, good on them that they made that decision. I'm thankful. And and as you said, uh, infamy, you know? Um, yeah, that is pretty cool because it, it will uh, outland, it outlasts your, your playing days. Yeah, it's, yeah. You're immortalized. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Not through scoring records or anything <laughs> no, it's like that. a weird fucking move yeah. one day. <laughs> the gray area. Solving a problem. Yeah. The gray area. Yeah. Between the lines. Yeah. Oh, Sean Avery. Uh, I don't know how I stopped doing this blue card before, but we were talking about Adam <laughs> Ferrara at the Keswick, the best sounding room. Also, the uh, officially, your only source for officially licensed Hello, no, Hello Deli merchandise. That's true too, but your uh, only source for officially licensed Late Show with David Letterman merchandise is the Hello Deli. Please go say hello to Rupert by going to hello deli.com. Tell him <laughs> that Nicole says hello. And uh, why is that? Because like <laughs> sometimes she sometimes <laughs> talking stuff. Um, Byron Bowers, our good friend Byron Bowers, is in Houston, Texas this weekend at the Riot. The Riot in Houston, Texas, ten twenty eight and ten twenty nine. Go see him. If uh, you're in the LA area, Magnus Walker's Urban Outlaw Ten exhibit is at the Peterson. And if you've already seen it, it's different already. He keeps adding stuff every single day. It's already different. Yeah, he keeps adding Whoa. stuff. He keeps going home to the garage, and then he'll bring another van load over. And that's so cool. I have to get over there because uh, the, there's a new restaurant there and everything. Yeah, the, the, the Myers Max Cafe. Yeah. When do you want to go? I'll, I can set the whole thing. I up. gotta. I I want to bring uh, Nash over there to see the cars and stuff. Let me yeah, know when you want to we'll do it. it. I'll out. either meet you there or at least get you set up with tickets okay. and a tour and everything. Great. Great. You go down to the vault, see all the movie cars. And oh, wow. Very cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's awesome. We're very good friends with the Peterson. Thank you, Peterson. Also, uh, let's see. This is November 5th, but we'll talk about it for the next month or so. Born for Fast Toy Drive at the Marconi. We'll be there. See you there. Uh, and then this is the fun stuff. St. Clair Insurance Read Card. <laughs> good. They say all which separates men and boys is the coverage for their toys. What types of toys <laughs> are we talking about today? Uh, probably cars. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> cars uh, anything that's uh your light your home your business uh your car collection we've got movie props here and a bunch of stuff like that anything that's insurable you got to get those toys covered licensed in most states st Clair insurance shops top providers so you get the best coverage for your toys simply check them out by going online to the www coverage for your toys.com coverage for your toys.com coverage for your toys.com nice <laughs> nice and i'd be remiss if i didn't tell you about our friends at series one films who sponsored part of this episode series one films would like you to know no they would like to know hang on series one <laughs> scratch that series one films would like to know it's a new card are you going to sema if so series one films can help your brand be seen with content and press releases designed to get you customers sema's this weekend so if you'll be at SEMA this year, send them a DM and check out Series1Films.com to see how they can scale your automotive business. Series1Films.com, Series1Films.com. Series1Films.com. Mike, tell me about that one. It's a number one. That's right. <laughs> it's a number one, Jay. Thank you, Mike. You really have been the ace in the hole tonight. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're really Good coming pull. on strong. Good find. 
uh, we've done it. We've done all the stuff. We've done all our obligations. How do you feel? I, I feel great, and I feel even better that you are one of the uh, authentic ones who do, does his ad, ad reads live. Oh yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, I can't. I, I have to do all of this live, otherwise. Yeah, it's too much. No, but most people don't. Yeah, record you know, it. they record it and then they splice it in, or that's uh, why we ended up doing that little ahead of show thing where I'm like, hey, Sean Avery's here. Because usually you do that stuff afterwards. And I'm like, when the show's done, I'm done. Let's yeah, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, so I agree. celebrate with the team. This was great. Thanks for being here, buddy. I appreciate it. I'll but be you'll back. come back for Nostalgia Night. Absolutely. Also, if you're Absolutely. just around the corner, yeah. we can do any kind of talk. Because <laughs> yeah. clearly we can talk about anything. Yeah. Except cars. Um, <laughs> all right. Now, let's see. What's going on next week? Uh, tomorrow we're at GVBC. Should we bring the Mini or not? I mean, I don't know if I fit in it right yet. Should we bring the Mini? I say car? no, too. You're comfortable. I kind of agree with you. Yeah. I kind of think we'll bring the uh, 911 up tomorrow, and then we'll deal with the Mini next week. Um, and that's where we'll be this weekend. I don't know what's going on other than that. Next week, back here with Sean Bishop on Tuesday, Zach Clapman on Thursday. And those are good shows. Good stuff. Yeah. That's it. I love you. I love you. We love you, Sean Avery. I, I love both love of you. you. So I love much. both of you. Thank you. I can't you. believe I'm so happy that you're here and yeah. that you're even in her life. I this it's so is, cool. I'm so happy. I mean, hey, listen, you too. You guys man. go back. You too. This is a beautiful thing. This whole thing is beautiful. It's just wild. This desk. <laughs> 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 I mean, you were a Letterman guy, weren't you? Absolutely. So Absolutely. do you remember, like, so I did the top ten twice, and I always got to read number one. You would? You, oh, that's right, because they had players on. Yeah. So you've been on Letterman. Yes. Oh my God, I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, and and so read, you did the number one both times. Both times, and you know, we had some, you know, Yarmir Yager, Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we did a we did a couple of. Uh, we did a skit once. Who was the uh, actor? Chris. Uh, Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott. We yes. did a skit with him. Yeah, I, I know Dave. I oh, know that's Dave. awesome. He's a good dude. Bill Murray wrote. He's in. The, he's in the press these days. But wrote Dave on the desk the first night. And Drew, <laughs> Drew Barrymore stood on this one. This was the, the, one. the birthday desk. Wow, <laughs> unbelievable. He he was he was uh, he was just different. He was an OG. You could feel it. Yep. You know. I totally. Agree. You could feel it, and he was always. Uh, you know what I could feel with him authenticity <laughs> he would take your nervousness and and burden it on himself he had the ability if he to liked you if he liked you yeah, yeah you're right because he would right. also push you down the stairs right right if, yep. you, if you were coming in like you knew what was going on and you didn't read the room at all and yeah you weren't showing the respect not to dave but to the show and the and the process right i i mean yeah yeah i could see that he was very I real loved though. to have seen that me yeah yeah <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> Great. I want to host a show with you. Um, all right. I love you. We love you. We love everybody at home. Mike up in Canada. Thanks for being so awesome Mike, tonight, buddy. You. Couldn't have done this show without hey, you. Hey, thank you. And speaking of which, uh, on the Letterman podcast tomorrow, we have Sue Hum. Oh, buddy. I'm so sorry. So also, he happens to be the host of the Letterman podcast, okay. which is, is new. It just started uh, a couple months ago, and he's killing it. The whole staff is all totally involved. He's done most of them. What's it called? The Letterman podcast. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, with Mike Chisholm. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll listen. So tomorrow is costume designer, famed costume designer, and often on-air talent, Sue Hum, which uh, the Letterman channel just put up a compilation of hers just the other day. So you can check that out. Nice work, Mike. Good timing on that, buddy. <laughs> well done. Thank you, sir. We get to the bottom of uh, the mystery of Dave's socks. She tells everything about Dave's socks. I love it because they changed over the years. The colors from white to dark to gray to <laughs> I love it. Custom made, everybody. Oh, no shit. Wow. There you go. 
Is that because he had <laughs> weird <your> feet? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Tune into the Letterman podcast tomorrow to f- find out, folks. We love everybody. Again, I'm going to say it one more time. We love you. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.